Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. So today's a really special day, December 6th, and that's because today's my birthday. I turned 35 today, and I'm just very, very thankful for all of you who are taking the time to listen to this right now. We have a really special episode today. I'm going to go over the 35 things I've learned in life um, that I can share and pass on to you, which is just kind of a different episode, kind of fun. But before we even get to the regular episode and the regular intro that many of you are used to, I wanted to share something really special with you because, you know, a lot of people send birthday wishes over through email, through messages on social media, and just thank you in advance for that. Um, many people even go as far as actually sending me physical gifts and, and gift cards and things like that, which I'm, again, I'm super thankful for, but um, I wanted to redirect that support to something that's really important to me. And a lot of you might remember that back in 2014 for my 32nd birthday, I ran a birthday campaign for the same reason to help support kids on the other side of the world who really needed our help with supporting them with education. And through an amazing organization that I've grown to absolutely love, I'm actually an advisor for this organization now as well, Pencils of Promise, we, we've just had a massive impact. And in 2014, we built, we built two schools through the support of the Smart Passive Income community. There, there is a school in Mepe, Ghana, that literally says on a plaque on that school, dedicated to the students of the school, thanks to the support of the SPI community. And then there's another school that's on behalf of my family, the Flynn family. And I'm looking to support the kids over there who need our help once again. And again, this is not this is no pressure. This is just, just if you are going to offer something back to me um, and, and want to wish me a happy birthday, I would love it if you had the opportunity to, even if it's just $1, uh, donate to support this campaign. Actually, back in 2014, we were the campaign that had the most number of backers for uh, for that year, which was an amazingly impressive feat, especially considering who else was also helping for this cause. And I would love to do that again. So it doesn't really matter how much you can donate. Even just $1 would make such a big difference. And our goal this year with this year's birthday campaign for me at the end of the year here is to support 1,000 students. So before it was, the goal was building schools and we built two schools. This year, it's all about the number of students we can impact. And we're hoping to raise $75,000 to help make an impact on 1,000 kids' lives over in Ghana right now. 
And I'm actually going to be most likely visiting there again next year to meet some of these children. And, and I can't wait for that, um, whether we end up reaching our goals or not. But I believe in the SPI community and I'm also going to help. So here's what's going to happen. If you go to smartpassiveincome.com slash pop, whatever amount of dollar amount that you could donate, again, doesn't matter. I will match that 100%. So if you donate $1, I will also donate one of my own dollars for that. If you donate $20, I will put $20 of my own in. Therefore, it will be a $40 donation. If you put $100 in, I'm gonna put $100 of my own money in as well. So how much am I gonna match in total up to? Well, $50,000. Putting $50,000 of my family's money to donate to this cause and I hope you'll donate along with me to unlock that and make it happen. So what does this money do? It allows for these children who don't even have access to basic needs to have those basic needs such as access to clean water and and basic bathrooms and a proper learning environment. It also helps the teachers who are there as well. And really, even a tiny donation goes such a long way. So if you wanna get involved with this and be a part of it with me, you can go to smartpassiveincome.com slash pop, that's P-O-P, smartpassiveincome.com slash pop. P-O-P, and that's for, again, Pencils of Promise. I'm so excited to be a part of this and and to help out once again and and to get even more people involved. You know, it feels so great to give, and I hope perhaps that you'll even encourage the other people in your family to to just know that this is something that you're having an impact on, and I promise you I'm gonna go, I'm gonna film it, I'm gonna show you the kind of impact that you're having um, because I've been there. I was on the field uh, a couple years ago, and, and it truly is an amazing thing that we are doing here together. So if you want to support me on my birthday, donate, or if you cannot donate, which I completely understand, share it, smartpassiveincome.com slash pop. We have till the end of the year to make this happen and help 1,000 students again, smartpassiveincome.com slash pop. Thank you so, so much for your support. And uh, actually, really quick, I just want to address, because when I did this last time, um, it really surprised me that I got a lot of feedback from people saying, hey, oh, well, like, why are you helping people in Africa when you're not even helping people here in the US? We have a lot of problems in education here in the US too, which is a true statement. And here's the truth. I have been putting forth a huge effort to see what I can do here locally in the US too. Not just speaking at homeless shelters and things like that, but also how I might be able to make an even bigger impact to try and get a, a education changed in a way where we can perhaps have entrepreneurship be a part of regular curriculum I'm meeting the right people. I'm getting involved in the right organizations. That stuff is in place. And I have very, very, very big long-term goals for that. So don't think that I'm not also focused here on the US too. I am. But there's also these communities on the other side of the world who need our help, who don't even have access to basic needs. And it's something that is truly near and dear to my heart. And I hope you'll be involved with me too. So smartpassiveincome.com slash pop. Thank you so much for allowing me to share that with you today here at my birthday. So let's continue with the regularly scheduled program and- Thank you once again for your support. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 295. It's your birthday. We got a party. Life gets your birthday. Go, 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 Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, He's vowed to give his daughter a balloon every Valentine's Day he's alive. Pat Flynn. Yo, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me today in this session of the SPI Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. And guess what? Today is my birthday. I am 35 years of age today. 
which uh, to some of you it might sound quite young and to others maybe I sound like an old timer to you. But either way, I'm just very happy to be 35 and to have lived this long and to have experienced so many things in my life. And I wanted to share some of those things with you. So today we're going to talk about 35 quick life lessons from 35 years of life. This is from my perspective, and I know a lot of this can potentially relate to you and what you're up to, too. And so uh, whenever your birthday is, happy birthday to you. And I just want you to reflect on the amazing things that you have encountered and have experienced and have enjoyed in the life that you've lived so far. It's always great to reflect. And uh, I thought it'd just be fun to do this because we've done a lot of great content, a lot of actionable stuff over the last several months here on the podcast. Uh, Last month was Affiliate Marketing Month, and a lot of you have recently joined my new course, 123affiliatemarketing.com. It's currently closed, and we are working with those beta students right now. But for those of you who are interested in that, you can check that out later. If you wanted to, get on the wait list, 123affiliatemarketing.com. So thank you to the new students who have joined. I'm excited to be working with you. But today, let's shift gears and go to these 35 life lessons that I've learned. You know, I've been around in the blogosphere and the podcastosphere or the video sphere. I've been doing this online business thing for a while and I see these kinds of posts every once in a while by some of my friends and some of my favorite influencers out there and they're really fun. They, I get to know that person a little bit more. I also get to learn a few things that were a little bit surprising too and it also is a great reminder for kind of where I want to go to. So that's why we're sharing this with you today and I have a special announcement at the end related to something that you could potentially get involved with too that means so much to me. It's very near and dear to my heart, and I'll tell you more about that in the end. But for now, let's start with number one, life lesson number one. We're going to go through th- through these rather quickly. There's 35 of them here, so I definitely don't want to spend too much time on uh, each of these, but there may be some storytelling involved. There may be some just tips that are just the tip itself, and then I move on to the next one. We will see. So number one, life is too short to complain. This is a lesson that I'm trying to teach my kids a lot because there's a lot of complaining. I think kids are just, you know, in general, just complain a lot and they don't really understand that. Well, when you complain, you're taking time away from other things that you can be doing, uh, that you can be enjoying, that you can be doing to actually solve that problem, whatever it is that's bringing you those complaints. And the biggest thing for me with complaints is that a lot of times the result uh, is the complaint. The trigger was something that I couldn't even control. So why spend so much time on complaining on something that I didn't even really have much control over. All I know is that I can control what I can do now to uh, make changes, to adjust, to pivot, to react, to respond properly versus to just complain because complaining doesn't really do anything. I think there is the idea of uh, speaking up and that's, that's purposeful. When you speak up because something isn't the way that it should be, you are doing it because you're trying to make a change, not just because you're frustrated and angry and upset. So number one, life is too short to complain. Spend more time enjoying life and making use of what you can control and also speaking up if it is something that you wanna make a change for. Number two, comparing yourself to others is never good. And I know this because I've compared myself to others most of my life and there is nothing, again, this is another thing that you can't really control. You can't really control what another person is doing, but you can control how you perceive that, how you think about that, how you adjust and react. Like I remember when I first started online business, I got involved in this community and people started sharing their wins and their results and I always compared myself to them because they were just way further along than I was. And I always felt like I wasn't good enough. I always felt like I was just getting started, that I had a a much harder uphill battle at that point. But then I realized, well, I was comparing apples to oranges because I was just starting out. These people were here and they were doing it for a very long time. And so I had to actually compare not what 
the results were because it was impossible for me to get the same results of the, uh, as them because they had been doing it for so much longer. What I then started to compare was, well, how much harder can I work? How much uh, differentiation can I have versus what it is that they are doing, not the results that they are getting? And when I started to really focus in on what they were doing in terms of the results and getting inspiration from that, not getting deflated because of that, well, then I started to work even harder and my comparisons became about, well, how much further can I go? How much better can I be than what's out there in the space that I'm getting into? So I'm, I'm never trying to compare myself to try and be better or to try and place myself in, in the same uh, sort of lane as that person. But I'm always comparing myself to others re- related to, okay, well, what can I do to potentially be different? Because different is better than better. That's a Sally Hogshead quote, and that's one of my favorite quotes. Different is better than better. So compare yourself so you can see and figure out how you can be different, not how much better they are than you or how further along they are than you. That's that's not anything good that's going to be healthy for you to kind of pay attention to. It's just going to waste your time, waste your brain space. Never compare yourself to others, but do use others and their results as inspiration for the work that you do. Number three, getting inspired by others is a must. This kind of tags along number two, and that is you need to have people out there, whether they are real mentors who can work directly with you and help you along or virtual mentors out there who can show you the way. Getting inspired by people is a must. You cannot do this alone. And so this could also involve being in a mastermind group or having colleagues that you connect with every once in a while so that you can pull that inspiration from them. Again, not comparing yourself, but getting inspired to see where you could potentially end up, to see if you can get help to get that path from them that they've already carved so that you can go and follow that same path. Okay, number four, when you set goals for yourself, aim high, almost higher than you think you can go. As they say, shoot for the stars because even if you miss, you can land on the moon. There's other quotes that are very similar. There's even a song called Give Me Everything from Pitbull where the quote is reach for the stars and if you don't grab them, at least you'll fall on top of the world. And I like that because sometimes we don't even know how big we can go And we set these limitations for ourselves immediately, even before we get started by saying, oh, we're going to have this goal here. No, aim higher than you think you can go, knowing that sometimes you might not reach that goal, but at least you'll be higher than you would have if you've set a lower goal. And this is something that I've learned over time because I remember when I first started online business, my first goal was to just survive. And then from there, it was to kind of, okay, let's be financially independent. And from there, it was to start like doing things like philanthropic efforts. And, you know, I just... I'm always surprised that I can reach those goals. What if I aimed higher initially? Well, then maybe I would even be further along. So when you set goals for yourself, aim high and shoot for the stars. Number five, to quote another song, there's not too many of these, so I know they're kind of corny sometimes, but don't worry. And this is from the great philosopher Drake, who said, we started from the bottom, now we hear Now, of course, he's not a real philosopher, although some may argue that, but he's a rapper and I love that. Started from the bottom, now we're here, knowing where you came from. That's really, really important to never just leave behind where you came from. It's always important to have reflections on and be grateful for the journey that you've had and remembering where you came from is so important because then you remember the struggles that you went through. You remember all the accomplishments that you've had along the way and you can be more appreciative of that and not be so cocky and just privileged and 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 feel like you you are owed everything because of that because you remember where you came from i've said this in a few episodes uh, in the past but i remember talking about some friends of mine who started business around the same time as me and they made a lot of money they became successful most of them in the software space 
And they aren't my friends anymore because they completely changed who they were. They weren't the same people that I, I became friends with after they got rich and famous. And so the moral for me was just to re- realize that sometimes money and fame and all the stuff that we're working toward can change who you are. And for me, what really helps me are two things. One, like I said, remembering where I came from and all the struggles that I've had, that helps me stay more connected to you, the listener. It helps me allow myself to be in your shoes and to be able to deliver better content for you. But number two, it's the support systems I have. It's my wife, my uh, friends and family, and, and my colleagues around me, my people and my mastermind groups who all support me and help me realize uh, that I'm potentially gonna get off track if I go down that route and to kind of steer me back in the right direction. And most of all, my audience, you guys, you guys are always very loud and I love that about when you feel I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. You are so great at telling me when I do things right and I love that and you're so great at telling me when I do things wrong and I love that even more. So continue to please do that and to have people like that around you who can support you in the same way so that you never forget where you came from and you can always continue to serve and stay connected to those who you are serving. All right, number six, no matter what you're working hard toward in order to progress, you need to take breaks. I wish I knew this when I was studying way back in the day because I remember studying for so long and cramming everything in my brain, staying up overnight, sometimes three nights in a row just to study for those last exam questions and then I would just burn out. And of course, I don't retain any of that stuff and there's uh, scientific evidence that taking breaks while studying, actually not studying, helps you retain information for longer to just be healthier because cramming is never, never good. So for those of you who are still in school or you're studying for something, Take a break every once in a while. Schedule it in your brain and yourself and your body and your test scores uh, or whatever it is you're working on, your project, your business, it will appreciate you much, much more. All right, number seven, breakfast. I used to skip breakfast when I was in uh, a kid, even in college for a while until I started rowing lightweight crew and I realized that by skipping breakfast, I was not giving myself the energy I needed to actually do what I needed to do uh, while sitting in, in the rower seat. Um, but also later in life as I became a business owner and uh, started to really focus on my energy levels and then later as a parent, I mean, breakfast matters so, so much. So getting some healthy fats in there. I'm not a health dietitian, nutritionist kind of person. I always recommend Sean Stevenson from uh, from uh, the Model Health Show for that. Um, Shalene Johnson for, for health-related things too. I mean, those two are great. They're my go-to people for that kind of thing. And of course, my trainer, Jeff McMahon from Total Body Construction. Uh, but, you know, breakfast, gosh, eat it, guys, please. All right, number eight, learn to know when you work best. That is, your body's gonna go through rhythms throughout the day. That is, times when you feel very focused and creative, you can get in the zone much easier, and other times of the day when you are just tired, lethargic, you cannot work even if you tried. Knowing when those things happen during the day is really key because then you can take advantage of those times. You can schedule things that you that need to happen within those times and you can schedule other things that don't require as much brain work or creativity or decision making into those more lethargic kinds of times and just knowing when your body tends to work best is going to be a huge advantage for you as you move forward in your business and in your life as a parent, as a friend, as uh, an entrepreneur, as a CEO. So keep that in mind. Number nine, One Thing at a Time. My favorite book still of all time is The One Thing by Jay Papasan and Gary Keller. Work on one thing at a time. You're gonna get so much more done and you're gonna give the things that you work on a chance to actually help you because what often happens is you might try three or four different things at the same time and you're never gonna give any of those things enough energy or time or effort 
or time required to actually get to the point where they can actually help repay you or pay you back or become successful or become that solution that you were hoping to build. When you work on one thing at a time, at least you're giving it a chance, even if if it were to fail. And of course, if you've listened to SPI at all, you know that failure is not a bad thing. It's actually a great thing because you learn from that experience and you can take it into your next phase of whatever that phase may be. So work on one thing at a time. Number 10, never work just to feel busy. Always work with purpose, knowing it's helping to propel you forward. Now, some of you may choose to work on one thing at a time, and I hope you do, but is it the one thing you should be working on right now? Another thing that they talk about in that book is the domino effect. Really paying attention to prioritizing your workload and understanding the effect that finishing one thing has on the next thing that you're doing. A lot of times we work just to feel like we're working. We work to stay busy because we feel like we have to stay busy. Hustle, 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 hustle. But hustle to me is also planning. It's planning and prioritization, understanding what is it that you should be working on first and never working on something that isn't actually going to move you forward. So reality check, set, a, set an alarm for tomorrow at you know whatever tw- 24 hours from now is and have it remind you are, or have it, have it be a reminder that asks you the question, are you doing what you should be doing right now? So I'm gonna repeat that. Create an alarm on your phone right now for 24 hours from now. I don't know what it is you're gonna be doing, but ask yourself within that alarm, have yourself be asked this question by your past self tomorrow. Are you doing what you should be doing right now? Meaning, is what it is that you're focused on and working on when that alarm goes off, is that actually what you should be doing? Is it something that's helping you propel you as you move forward? And there was a time when I actually set multiple alarms off during the day to check in with myself just to make sure. And that was great training because then I started to anticipate those alarms going off and really just making sure that I was focusing and putting time and effort into the things that I should be putting time and effort into. So try that exercise. Number 11, another quote for you. This is by another rapper, but I love this quote and I love this rapper too. And that is, I am not a businessman. I'm a business man. So this is from Jay-Z. And he knows the power of personal branding, the, the, the fact that he is his business. And I know that that's the case for myself and many of you too, that you are what makes success in your brain. You are what propels us. You are what differentiates yourself from everybody else out there. I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. So good, especially if you have a personal brand, you are what makes your brand work. So how can you put more of you into what it is that you are doing? Number 12, keep all of the thank yous. This is something that I've been doing ever since the beginning because it was just so mind-boggling to me that I would get thank yous for the work that I would do online, especially teaching people how to pass an exam in the architecture industry. If I were to ask you, for example, who built the home that you sleep in? Who built the building that you spend most of your time in each day that may be different than your home, you likely do not know the answer. And it's kind of trippy that you spend all that time in a place and you don't even know who actually had an effect on actually building that spot that you sit in or sleep in or stand in that whole time. So remember, I I was an architect. I have my fingerprint on dozens of buildings in the United States right now. However, it was only when I started publishing an exam guide to help people pass the lead exam, an exam in the architecture industry, that then people started to call me out by name, by thanking me, by saying, hey, Pat, thank you for this, thank you for that. And it now happens more often even on smartpassiveincome.com. When I go to conferences, Pat, thank you so much for your podcast. Pat, thank you so much for your book or for your course. They're calling me by name. I'm getting recognized for that and I have to really 
So going back to what I was saying earlier, keep all the thank yous. It was just really mind-boggling to me that I would get thanked for this kind of work that I do. So I have kept all of my thank yous over time. And when I get to those moments during the day and or during the week or month where I'm just not feeling work at all, I just don't, I'm not in the mood, um, even even though I am in my time of the day when I know I'm most focused and creative, I just still might not want to do work, I go to my thank yous. I go to my Gmail folder that I created specifically to hold these thank yous and I go in there and I just look around and I see the kind of effect that I've had on people. I keep the handwritten thank you notes. I keep them posted up on my wall in my studio and here in my home office in San Diego and I look at them and I read them and it just takes a couple to have me realize that, hey, if I let fear get in the way, if I let my laziness get in the way, if I let just not knowing what to do next get in the way of me actually helping people, then I'm not going to get these anymore. I'm not going to get these thank yous. I have a direct impact on people and I can continue to do, to do that or I can continue not to do that and have this stuff get in the way. So what am I going to do? And, and every single time that gets me up and fired up for wanting to just continue to plow through that work. It's the thank yous that keep me going because like thinking about where you came from is important. Thinking about who you've already helped is important too because there are likely more people like them out there waiting to hear from you, waiting to be served by you. All right, number 13. If you want to learn and grow, never be the smartest person in the room. And this is just a quote that I heard a while back. I don't remember who said it, and I've, I've heard it said in many different ways. Um, but if you want to grow and learn, which you should always do, I remember watching when Tiger Woods was at his prime in golf. I remember just being so baffled and, 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 and dumbstruck, but also just inspired that he himself, at the top of his game, the number one golfer in the world, was still getting swing training from somebody. Um, that's, that's what helped him continue to be great until obviously he wasn't so great anymore because of some personal things that had happened, Um, but we're not gonna get into that. But if you wanna learn and grow, never be the smartest person in the room. There's gonna be people out there who are better than you, who are faster than you, who are more resourceful, who can help you grow even stronger and scale your business even bigger. And so if you wanna make that happen, always put yourselves in situations where you are not the smartest in the room. That's how you learn to grow. Number 14, First impressions matter. This matters in the micro context of content online. If you want people to open that email, you want to have a great subject line. If you want people to continue to watch your videos, you need to hook them within the first seven seconds. But also when it comes to your brand and in-person meetings, how you represent yourself, how you look, how the experience is within those first few minutes of interaction Like that matters for the whole course of life related to that interaction that you're gonna have over time. So first impressions matter, and here's the thing, you, you never get a second chance to make a great first impression. So a great tip I have for you is to ask your audience what their first impression was of your site. Or if you have a course, ask people, well, what was your first impression of my course? That can give you some great insight into, okay, how can you better increase the experience that people have that, will allow them to want to continue to work with you even more or will allow them to go deeper into the things that you have to offer. So it really all starts with that first impression. So keep that in mind. Number 15, know what you're not good at and be okay with it. This is a great strategy for life because a lot of times we entrepreneurs, we try to be great at everything. I remember when I first started online business, I tried to become a graphics expert, a CSS JavaScript expert, and I'd be on YouTube for hours just trying to learn all those all those things. And it wasn't until I finally figured out that there are people out there who are much better and faster, who are just specialized in those things, 
that it's not something I need to worry about because I can work with other people. I can hire other people. I can ask for favors from other people and work pro bono so I can help them out and they can help me out. And I can increase my results and grow my business and, and get better at life and have more headspace to do the things that I know I'm good at and the things that I know I should be doing as the CEO of my company. So knowing what you're not good at is the one thing, but also being okay with it is the second part and probably the hardest part too. Number 16, numbers are people too. We all try to collect more email subscribers, more followers, more fans, more sales, more customers, but each one of those things, each one of those numbers are people too. And the more you can realize that those are human beings on the other end, the more you can better serve them, the more you can actually empathize with them, the more you can better appreciate the fact that they are there clicking your links, buying your products, and you can give them back the time and effort and attention they actually deserve for giving you that attention too, because those are human beings. Numbers are people too, and this is something that a lot of people, when I first started doing online business and doing research, I felt like a number to people. I felt like a credit card number to people when I started subscribing to email lists and joining uh, courses and stuff. Um, it was a very few select people who made me really feel like I was a real person who were actually concerned about my needs, which is why I incorporate that kind of feeling into the things that I do, the products that I create, the courses that I um, put out there in the, and publish in the world and the content and the podcast too. You guys are people too. And so I thank you for being here because you're amazing. We are 17 in. 17, you have to invest in your business, meaning if you want your business to grow and scale, yes, I understand in the beginning you might be bootstrapping, you might not have much money to invest. Well, invest time, invest resources, invest research in it too. It just doesn't have to be money specifically. But yes, investing money back into your business to grow and scale it, to hire out, to get tools and resources that can help you automate some of the things so you can take yourself out of those things and put them into bigger vision things. You can put them into the things that require only things that you can do. Investing in your business was one of the hardest things for me to do because I was starting to make money and it was just weird for me to spend even more money than I had spent on like rent on something that I could potentially do myself like voiceovers or you know things like that. But it wasn't until I finally experienced what it was like to hire somebody to do those things for me that I realized that, wow, I'm getting return for that investment. You can get return for that. Of course, you need to take a smart approach with that and that's a whole other conversation. But you have to invest in your business if you wanna grow and not run yourself to the ground. Next, number 18, we are over halfway through the journey here. Thank you so much for sticking with me and for all the birthday wishes, um, just thank you in advance. Number 18, you have to invest in yourself. Personal development should be a priority every single day. And the book that changed my life with this was called Miracle Morning, by Hal Elrod. There's a number of personal development-related books out there and websites and resources and podcasts too, but that book more than anything helped me realize that even in a small amount of time in the morning, I can invest some time and effort into myself to make sure that I am my best self so that I can be a better father, so I can be a better husband, so I can be a better business owner, uh, somebody who serves an audience. When you invest in yourself, you're investing in your future as well, so please take care of yourself Put that mask on yourself first before you put it on other people. That's the sort of airport analogy, other airplane analogy. Okay, number 19, it's okay to say no. And this was really hard for me to do because I love to say yes to people. I'm a people pleaser by nature and saying no has been one of the most liberating things I've been able to do because now I have control. Now I take control of my time and where I put my time and money and effort into. And so when you say no, you're also saying yes to the things that you are doing. And that's key too, because you are allowing yourself 
to have breathing room and there have been times and I'm even experiencing this a little bit right now because I've said yes to a lot of conferences and I'm, I've been going and traveling a lot. Maybe it's a little bit too much. Uh, when you say no, you actually make room for things. When you say yes to a bunch of things, you're not going to be able to, there's going to be a breaking point. There's going to be a point where you're not going to be able to either devote enough attention to each of those things and you're only going to have lower quality results uh, and or you're going to just burn out and you don't want to do that. So it's okay to say no. The, the, the biggest thing for me was realizing that nothing terrible and, and, and earth shattering will happen when I say no. Like it's just, you know, people respect that. And if they don't, if they don't respect your answer when they say no uh, or when you say no, then they are likely somebody you should say no to anyway. So just keep that in mind. All right, 20. If it doesn't fit, why force it? If it doesn't fit, why force it? Meaning, if it doesn't align with what it is that your goals are, if it doesn't align with your brand and what your brand stands for or what your mission is, then why do it just because it might seem attractive? If it doesn't align with your values because maybe it'll give you a, lot, a huge commission but it's not actually a product that will help your audience, then why would you promote it as an affiliate? If it doesn't fit, why force it? Too many people, and this goes along with number 19, you know, who try to say yes all the time, it's okay to say no. There have been times I've had people like Tony Robbins ask to come uh, and be interviewed here on the SPI podcast. And as much as I love Tony and his stuff, and I'm so just you know honored that he wanted wants to be on the show, um, I've told his assistants, you know, thanks but no thanks because it just doesn't fit into what I'm doing right now. I mean, that'd be cool, and it would be great to have a chat with him, but it's not something I want to do. Or change, you know, I don't need to change my brand for whatever it is that is you know I'm I know what I stand for, and I know what my my, my values are, and I'm going to stick with it. And hopefully you know yours too so you can make that decisions or those decisions much better and much easier. Number 21, you can be helpful by being a connector rather than a creator. Creating is great. Creating your own products, creating content, etc. It's all fantastic. But you can also be helpful by being a connector. There are products that exist right now in the market that could potentially serve your audience. You can be a helpful person by introducing those things to your audience and you can also potentially become an affiliate for those things too. So you can be rewarded for being a connector. If you have people who might be helpful for your audience to know or some another person that you know who just needs a little bit of help, you can make that connection and you will be served and rewarded, maybe not right away and maybe not monetarily, but you will always be rewarded when you serve others. There are some people out there like Jamie Masters, for example, who is in a mastermind group with me. I feel like she knows almost everybody who's important to know in this space. And she, as a result of just being one of those connectors, being somebody who is just so networked and knows everybody and makes those connections, she just doesn't know everybody. She knows who would be a good fit with each other too. That's a superpower. And she uses that superpower to not just benefit others, but by benefiting others, she benefits herself too because we all remember, oh, it was Jamie who connected us and that kind of thing. So you can be helpful by being a connector. How can you better connect the things that are displaced within the space that you're in? The better you can do that, the more successful you'll become. Number 22, you can sell and serve at the same time. This was a big mindset shift for me uh, fairly recently, and this is why more courses are coming out. These are things that, that should have happened a long time ago, but I didn't realize that selling can actually serve your audience even more. 
And I think it was because I had such a negative experience with online business and internet marketing and being sold to in the beginning. Like I said, I felt like a credit card number or just a potential credit card number for people uh, who was on the other end trying to sell me. Uh, It just didn't feel good. So I didn't want to make my audience feel like that too. But it wasn't until I started to just get a taste of what it was like to actually create courses and create my own products and get the feedback from people who are now experiencing results, who even though I have had free content for so long, they just now, because they're paying and investing, they have skin in the game, they are now getting results. It just means so much to me that I can actually create something that will help somebody who feels thankful that they have a chance to pay for it. And it's a huge mindset shift. You can sell and serve at the same time. And I want to thank Shalene Johnson uh, to for, for really, really training me and helping me think that way because she does the same thing. She sells a lot, but for everything she sells, she she knows she is serving at such a high level. And that's so great. And the other thing related to that, which isn't a number here, um, but it relates to this, you can sell and serve at the same time. That is, when you're selling something, you're not necessarily taking anything away from the people who cannot buy that. That's another big thing because I was so worried that by selling something um, that I'd be letting those people down who just A, couldn't afford it, or B, just were like, hey, why are you trying to make all this money from us? Well, no, there's all this free stuff here that will help you achieve the same results if you go through it. But for the people who just want a little bit more hand-holding and who require a little bit of my time, like I cannot give my time away for free. So here is that option if you can do it. If not, here are all these other options that already exist. You're not taking anything away from those people. All right, number 23. You could be one relationship away from a major positive shift and change in your life. And the reason I say this is because when I was growing up, I was very shy. I got scared to meet new people. I would often sit in the back of the class, never raise my hand. I didn't want to speak up. Whenever I was in a group setting, I would always stick to my same exact couple friends and that's it. I would never go and try to meet new people. And even in college for a while, it was at that point where I just wanted to stick around with the people I knew and not really venture out and go to different club meetings or different networking things. But I've since realized that networking and going out there and just building relationships is one of the most important things you can do. Every major thing that has happened in my life has become a result of the relationships that were in and around that particular situation from getting my architecture job to succeeding in online business to marrying April, like those kinds of things all happen because of different relationships that happened in and around those things. So if I had access to a DeLorean time machine, guys, it's my birthday. Let let me put a back to the future reference in here. So if I can go back into time, 88 miles per hour and find my younger self, I would tell myself in the early 90s, hey, Pat, dude, like, I get that you're shy, but you gotta go out there and meet as many people as you can because you never know. You might be one relationship away from a major positive shift and change in your life or somebody who you meet who might know somebody who can change your life. So just keep that in mind as you move forward. Number 24, some people are gonna let you down. Some people are going to let you down. And throughout my whole life, there's been people who I've counted on, who I trusted, who just didn't follow through. And yes, I was upset. Yes, I did complain. But I also realized that, well, that just happens sometimes. And sometimes there are great excuses for that. They're like really, there are emergencies and there are reasons why people let you down. But other times it's just because people don't care or they aren't, you know, who they said they were. And so uh, just realize that that, that, that could happen. Um, but at the same time, try to be somebody who always follows through on your promises. Um, try not to let people down because uh, people do remember that. I mean, you can help somebody for years and then let them down once, and that's the one time that they just kind of break up with you, and you don't want that to happen. So 
Some people are gonna let you down and that's just a part of life. Um, but try to find those people in your life who you can really trust and connect with who, um, you know, even if they were to let you down a little bit, they would be there and apologizing because they know that that was not what they should have done. Um, always connect yourself with people who you can be there uh, for and who will be there for you too. Okay, 25, haters gonna hate. Guys, as you begin to grow your business, as you begin to put yourself out there, as you begin to podcast and create content and put yourselves on these platforms like YouTube and elsewhere, where there are people out there who are just going through parts of life where they're just not happy, they're going to target you and they're going to hate on you. They're going to disrespect you. They're going to try and stir you up. Trolls, haters are gonna hate. It just happens. And I remember when I first got my first few haters, people were telling me, Pat, well, like, that's a good good sign. It means you're making big big progress out there like yeah you got haters and I was like this doesn't feel as good as you're saying right now because I actually feel like crap and I remember for a few times I'm not going to go into the specifics but I would stop working for weeks because I was just so upset at what these people were saying and I'd spend so much time focused on the, the nuances of how they said what they said about me um, but it was Derek Halpern who really opened my eyes he said Pat dude like every second you waste thinking about these haters you're taking away from the people who actually love and care for you and i'm like oh man that's that's great and it's true because we have this weird entrepreneur math where one negative comment is greater than a hundred positive comments so guys you're gonna get haters expect it that's okay don't give them the light of day don't feed the trolls as they say now there are opportunities to go and actually clarify things if it's obvious that they're just not in the know, but if it's obvious that they're just disrespectful, just know that, you know, feel sorry for them because they're going through a stage of their life where they feel like they have to make other people um, upset and put other people down just to make themselves feel better. And that's how I frame it when I get haters. And you know what? I actually kind of agree with those initial state statements from people who were saying, Pat, it's great that you're getting haters. The reason that's great is because it means you're making decisions. If you just kind of stood in the middle ground all the time where you try to make everybody happy, then you're probably not making big progress. You're not taking the bold actions required. By sticking your ground and 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 really, really moving forward with big, bold actions, you are going to leave a certain segment behind or upset a certain group of people. And that is just a sign that you are making those big, bold decisions moving forward that need to happen. And you know what? Those haters, those are probably going to be people who are not going to want to either pay you or uh, be served by you anyway. So don't even worry about them, right? Number 26, conversations are key. Having conversations with people in my audience is one of my favorite things to do. When I go to conferences, I always look for opportunities to meet fans and talk with them. I love it when people come to San Diego and there's a chance to come and and, and meet and, and have coffee or whatever. And it doesn't always happen because of schedules, but sometimes it does. And those are my favorite moments because I can actually talk to people about my brand and what they need help with in their own words. I can empathize with them. I can learn about their struggles. I can hear their stories. I can picture those people later on when I'm creating content or podcasting or creating products. I know those people because I gotten to know them. One thing I do, because sometimes it's not always possible to have in-person meetings and conversations with my audience, but I love to actually have Skype conversations. Many of you have been talking about this strategy of mine lately, which isn't really a strategy. It's just a thing you should do. And that is you have conversations with your audience over Skype. And I do it 10 times a month. And those conversations, it's kind of funny because when I reach out, they're like, hey, Pat, like, is this an automated thing? Like, how? Why would you do this? And I say, no, I would never automate that. But it's I just randomly select people on my email list. I send them an email and I say, hey, my name is Pat Flynn. You're on my email list. I would love to have a conversation with you on Skype and just get to know you a little bit more. And then those conversations sometimes last five minutes because they're kind of shy and that's okay. But other times they've lasted over an hour and I've gotten to know so much 
more about who my audience is. And yes, I'm just speaking to one person and one person only, but they represent a larger whole of my audience. And by understanding their struggles, understanding what it is that I'm doing that I could do better, what I'm doing that I could continue to do. And I also use those conversations to tease things that are coming up just to kind of get a gut reaction of things that are happening. It makes them feel special because they're getting insider information. Uh, those people often become you know, raving fans. Uh, those conversations are, are gold to me and I will not stop doing that. And I hope you continue to, to do that if you're already doing it or start at least if you haven't done it already. So have conversations with your audience. Conversations are key. 27, gratitude should be an everyday practice. I use my five-minute journal. You can check it out at fiveminutejournal.com. We interviewed the founders in a previous episode. My favorite thing about that journal is that it's really quick, but it allows me to frame my day around what I'm thankful for and what has happened. And so I start my day thinking about the three things that I'm most grateful for. And what's really, really cool is they do this at my son's school. They journal in the mornings before they start their work because as my son says, it helps get their gears going. But as a part of their journaling process, they think about the things that they are grateful for. They're only seven years old. He's in second grade and they're thinking about what they are grateful for in life. How amazing is that to set up that practice for these children in their lives? And sorry, I just get really passionate about kids and entrepreneurship and this kind of thing. But going back to you, gratitude should be an everyday practice. It's like the number one thing you should be doing. And guess what? It's free. It's free to think about what it is you're grateful for. Yes, there are likely some things in your life that you're not so happy with, and that's okay. But what are you happy with? What are you thankful for that you have? Think about that every single day. If you want to use a tool like the 5-Minute Journal, 5minutejournal.com, you can pick that up. It's a really great book, actually. There's also uh, the Mastery Journal or the Freedom Journal by John Lee Dumas. All these things out there. Or you can literally just wake up and practice the moment you wake up why you are thankful to be alive. When you do that, you appreciate the moments that happen during the day and you just live a better better life. Number 28, meditation isn't weird. And actually for me now, it's necessary. When I got introduced to meditation, I was like, what? Like this is kind of strange. But then I started to hear on all these podcast episodes like Tim Ferriss and, and Tony Robbins, like everybody, all these greats meditate. And I was like, is this really something that can change my life? So I tried it out. And it worked, guys. It worked. I used a number of different tools to make it happen. And there's an app called Headspace. I also used a little device for my brain to help me get instant uh, feedback on whether or not I'm doing it right. It's kind of weird, but it's called Muse, M-U-S-E. And that worked. I've been using that every single day for years now. Meditation isn't weird. It's necessary now because for me, what it has done is it helps me declutter what's happening in my brain because our brain races throughout the day. There's all these different thoughts, but I'm now able to focus on my thoughts a little bit more. I can get in the zone in my work a little bit easier. When I get distracted and get out of the zone, I don't have to take another half hour to get back to where I was. I can just snap right back into it and I can get right back into the zone. And I feel like I'm a little bit more creative when I'm in those moments of the day that I know I am most creative. So meditation, try it out. It is not weird. Number 29, we are closing in on the final few here. And again, thank you for sticking with me today. Remember, I have that thing at the end I'm gonna talk about, which is really special to me um, that we'll talk about before I go. But here we go, number 29. People, myself included, because I am a people, I'm a person, uh, we tend to sell ourselves short. So when we price our products, when we price the consultant work that we do, it's so funny because when I coach people, a common theme, especially for people who are freelancing, people who are doing consultant work, they are completely underselling themselves, not just with the price point either. I mean, most of those people can double their price points. And it's funny because the initial reaction is, oh my gosh, I could never do that. But 
trust me, you can. You can double your price or even triple it and everything will be okay. You might actually even get a higher quality uh, client and may even have less clients to focus on so you can deliver even better value to those people. So that, that's just the first thing. But secondly, even on like the sales pages or the way people talk about themselves, like it boggles my mind that people don't realize how much great things they have to offer and serve the world with. And you really need to know what those things are and, 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 and be proud of those things and sell yourself on those things. And yes, selling is hard, right? But remember, you can sell and serve at the same time. And in order for people to be changed from the work that you do, you need to change how they feel about who it is out there that's serving them and help them realize that you are the one to, the, to work with. And so don't don't undersell yourself. That's a common thing for people to do. So ask yourself this question, how am I underselling myself? What could I do better to show people that I actually have this value to offer? Okay, number 30. <laughs> number 30. There's no such thing as the right time. This is a big one. This happens uh, in my personal life, in my business life. There are projects and things that we want to do in personal life, for example, buying a home uh, in business, you know, working on online courses or selling something or starting a coaching program or whatever. Um, you often hear the excuse, oh, it's just not the right time yet. But is there really going to be a right time like when the planets are perfectly aligned? And in most cases, that is no. There is not always going to be the perfect timing for everything. The perfect time sometimes is now and you just have to pull the trigger and do it. So don't wait for the right time because sometimes that's just an excuse. It may be representative of the fear that you have with this unknown, which is often the case. And if that's the, that's the reason, well, then you know that, I mean, you've heard me talk about it before. Fear is a sign that that's what you should do. So if the fear is telling you it's not the right time, well, then you know that it actually is the right time. So just go ahead and do it. And when you think about it, what's the worst that can happen Usually, the worst that can happen is not as bad as you initially might think. Like, actually think realistically the answer to that question. What's the worst that can happen? It's usually not as bad as you might think. And then again, there's never really just the right, perfect time to do something. So, it's going to be waiting on you to make that decision to just go move forward and ship. Number 31, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Henry Ford. This was the quote that really helped me get started online Uh, Back in 2008, I found this quote and it's been uh, posted up. I've had signs created about it and posted around my house because it really is all down to the mindset. If you don't think you can do something, then guess what? It's not going to happen. But if you can think you can do it, well, you at least are giving yourself a chance. And so that quote of whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. It really is what happens in the mind and how you believe in yourself and in the effort that you're putting into whatever it is that you're working on, you really have to have this belief that you can do what it takes to make it work, even though you might not know exactly all the steps you might need to take, even though you don't know exactly what's gonna happen. You need to believe that you will be able to figure out that this will work. And it might not happen right away, but it can. And you need to know that. Number 32, the best thing that ever happened to me were my kids. They are my why. And even if you don't have kids, you can hopefully relate to this because when they came around, they became something that I saw every single day that reminded me why I was doing what I was doing. And if you don't have kids, you should have something to remind you every single day about why you are doing what you should be doing. And I'm lucky because I have these kids running around the house and I can work from home. So they are there with me all the time. And all I want to do is spend my time with them 
And so when I'm working, I know I'm working on the things that matter. I don't waste time anymore because I know that if I'm wasting time and going down a YouTube rabbit hole or wasting my time on Facebook or whatever, not that those things aren't, not that those platforms aren't valuable, but they can be a time suck. Um, I know that I'm taking time away from my kids. So I've learned to become super and hyper-focused and super prioritized based and super productive with my work because of my kids. And also I want to, it's not just about, you know, what I'm doing now. It's about what that means for the future and not just giving them options for the future, right? Like the more successful I am, the more options they have. It's not necessarily true. What I mean is the legacy that I'm leaving behind, the example that I'm giving to them so that in the future they are more and better equipped for making better decisions for their life, whether they become an entrepreneur or not. They will have the skills and the examples in their life needed to know what is potentially possible for them and to think big, hopefully, and to take all these lessons. I hope one day they will listen to this episode in the future. Maybe I won't be around anymore or maybe they're gonna pass it on to their kids and they can say, hey, this is what this is what you know dad talked about when he was 35 and what was important to him. So maybe we should think maybe some of these things are important too. We'll see. But kids, if you're listening to this in the future for whatever reason, I love you guys. All right, number 33. Helping kids is so important. The start of their life shapes who they become and everyone who meets them too. So this is now getting into a lot of the educational things that I'm really, really excited about. My son and I, were starting a podcast together. My wife and I, we've been talking about how we might be able to have a bigger effect on education, incorporating a lot of the things that I'm learning and what we're experiencing at this current school that they're in, how to actually incorporate that into other schools or the curriculums that they have so we can better equip our children who are our future. Like literally when I'm an old man, it is our kids, not my kids, but all of our kids and their kids who are gonna help make and shape what our lives are gonna be like in the future. I'm gonna be an old man who will likely be very slow and not thinking very much because I'm gonna be retired, I'm gonna be fishing or golfing or whatever, but our lives will be affected by the kids that we have now. And so how can we better help and equip these children? And it all starts with the first and early years of the, their lives. And that's why this podcast that my son and I are starting is really important. It's coming out next year. It's called All of Your Beeswax. You can check out yourbeeswax.com. Um, if you are listening to this and that website's not really up and running yet, it's probably because I haven't finished recording those episodes yet. We're still in the middle of recording season one right now, which will come out later next year. But you'll hear about it. And that's important because that's gonna help me start conversations between parents and their children about this kind of stuff too. And that's just, I know I just need to get things started. I don't know what it's gonna look like. Who knows? But I'm aiming high and I'm going to invest in myself and my business to make this the legacy that we leave moving forward. Uh, my wife and I related to education and kids. I, we, we are, this is really, really important to us. Number 34, behind every amazing growing business is a supportive and incredible team. And I'm so thankful that I have this incredible team behind me Everybody who's on the team, I'm not even gonna name names right now because there's too many of you just to thank, but all of you have had a massive impact on the success of this business, of Smart Passive Income, of our projects, our courses, um, all of my life and the life of my children and, and my wife, April, um, but also the lives of those who we are changing. I mean, what I'm so stoked about is that you guys are so behind the same mission that I am. Like the other day, uh, Mindy posted something in one of our Slack channels related to uh, something cool that happened as a result of a person listening to our show. And it, it, it got, we all got behind it. And we were like, this is why we do what we do. And I just am so thankful that I have this team who's so incredibly supportive of not just myself um, and, and my my goals, but but just everybody out there, you listening right now, my team is thinking about you. And that is so cool. 
Um, and they also help, they also deal with my crazy ideas. They help put things into place. They help actually schedule things out and, and make things come to life. So thank you from the bottom of my heart to my incredible team. And I highly recommend you all figure out how you can get at least one person to start with, but hopefully many more people who can support you in your mission too. And then number 35 to finish off before I talk about that, that something special, although this one is very special to me too. And that is 35. I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing today if it wasn't for my wife, April. April, thank you from the bottom of my heart for understanding this crazy world of business and being so supportive along the journey because guys, April is the unsung hero of Team Flynn. She is what makes all of this possible because she is the one who has supported me from day one. The day I got laid off, she let me know that we were gonna be okay and that she was gonna support me no matter what. She didn't sign up for this, guys. Like when we got engaged, I was gonna be an architect and things changed and she's stuck with me ever since and has helped support me on this journey. And it's been very difficult, I can imagine, for her because guess what? I go to conferences, I get to meet with fans, I get these fancy dinners, I get these things sent to me and she, what, what is she doing? She's at home raising the kids, making them the best kids that they can be. And that, to me, is just the most beautiful thing in the world because she doesn't need that recognition. She doesn't do it for that purpose. She does it because she cares about the children and she supports me so I can help build this business and not just to support our lives, our lives but she knows that she has that impact on your life too in a kind of indirect way. So, hey, if you ever get a chance to, to, to meet April and thank her, like please do it because she deserves it way more than I do. Woo! All right, guys, we are 35 life tips in and we are approaching the 50-minute mark here in the SPI podcast. I just want to thank you all for listening and I appreciate you and for being with me. I've met a lot of you recently at different events I've been at and even if I haven't met you yet, I just want to personally thank you so much for all of the support. Some of you told me that you've been listening for years. Some of you, maybe this is the first episode you've listened to. Either way, I just appreciate your time because I know that does not come cheap and to know that you spent it with me just means so much to me. And I cannot wait for next year because we've got a lot of big changes happening in the world of SPI, changes that are all there to represent the theme of the year for me. And that is 2018, which is gonna be called Higher Value. That is going to be my approach for everything that I do for you next year. Higher value. Stuff that's actually going to help you even more than the things that I've been doing already. So you'll hear more about that in the next episode where I'm going to talk about what some of these changes are and where they all came about. So that'll be in episode 296. And finally, that really, really special thing I wanted to talk about and share with you. A few years back for my birthday, I ran a birthday campaign to help build a school in Ghana, Africa, and we had built not just one school, but we raised enough money to build two schools. And the year after, I actually flew to Ghana, Africa, and I saw the schools that were built. Actually, the SPI community is actually mentioned on a plaque in one of these schools in Africa. And to see the thousands of lives of children that we will change as a result of that was just so meaningful to me. I came back home. I wanted to see what else I could do to support Pencils of Promise, which is the organization I went through. And I actually had come on as an advisor for the organization. I've been an advisor ever since. And I'm excited to work with them even more this year and actually use my 35th birthday as a celebration to start another fundraiser to get the SPI community involved because I know a lot of you have been actually asking me about how they can help. So here's the deal. If you go to smartpassiveincome.com slash P-O-P, which stands for Pencils of Promise. So smartpassiveincome.com slash P-O-P, you will be redirected to the fundraiser page for my 35th 
birthday. I want you to join me in bringing education to kids who really need it most because most, they don't have access to education like our children do. And yes, I am doing work for education here in the US, but I also love helping children here who don't even have buildings to actually learn in. And so this is something that I'm really excited to get the SPI community involved in again. And it doesn't matter how much you donate, any any little bit counts. Uh, what was really cool is we actually, back in 2014, I think it was, uh, we set a record for the most number of backers within a campaign. And I hope we can do that again. So if you want to join me in this, I'm going to be donating to this. Other people, family members of mine are going to be donating. And I would love to ask you to get involved too if you wanted to. If you go to smartpassiveincome.com slash P-O-P, go there, you'll see a video. And then you'll be able to, to, to donate and uh, help these children who really need it. So thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you. Um, and just thanks for all the birthday wishes. Instead of presents, I would love for you to check out smartpassiveincome.com slash P-O-P and donate to, to the campaign. We'll build some more schools, change lives. All right, guys, thanks so much. I appreciate you. And I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Thank you so much. It's been a great 35 years, and here's to another 35 more. At least, of course. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. Hey, thank you so much once again for listening to this episode. I just wanted to remind you one more time in case you wanted to get involved and actually join me in supporting Pencils of Promise this year at the end of the year here to try and raise money so that we can help 1,000 students in Ghana. That would be amazing. All you have to do is go to smartpassiveincome.com slash pop. I will match your donation 100% all the way up to a total of $50,000 combined. So I'm happy to support and I hope that you'll get involved too. And again, if you can't support with money, that's okay. Just give me words of encouragement. Just share it. It doesn't have to be money. Your words can go a very long way too. So thank you so much for your support. Smartpassiveincome.com slash pop and love you guys. Bye. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John, who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure, and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.